You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hi, thank you for joining me on INFP BPD. I'm AJ, the INFP, and this is Chris, my husband. Hola. And he's an INFJ. So he's very judgmental. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about something that we've both experienced recently. Uh, it's going to be about stigma and how you can help your friends by telling them about your personal experience with mental illness. Help your friends and also help yourself. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's not just for people like me who have borderline personality disorder or uh, a mental disorder. It's for people like Chris who don't, but can be sympathetic and uh, and can listen to what you have to say and just talking about it because more often than, than not, we hide what's going on. So I'll give you a, a little background about my story. So I uh, had a friend. We were both in a toxic work environment and I decided to leave and she's still there, you know, going through the motions because, you know, everyone needs a job. And we went out for sushi. We got to talk and catch up. And it was really difficult for me to go and talk to her because as an introvert and somebody with BPD, I tend to keep to myself. And I've become pretty good at letting friends go. But I felt like I had a connection with her. And if you're hearing bells, that's because we have a kitten running around being cute. We have two cats. Yes, a cat. Frida, who's also named Frida. Mm -hmm. And Zoe. But anyways, that's beside the point. Yes, it is. This is my time. Um, (laughs) So uh, we, we went out for sushi and we talked about, you know, work, how stressful that is for both of us being in that atmosphere, putting on a brave face, one thing led to another, and I decided to uh, disclose to her that I have borderline personality disorder, and that's something that I've been struggling with, especially my depression. And it was a factor in me leaving that job. Uh, and she let me know that she, in fact, has BPD. She has a personality disorder, And there were times that she wasn't at the job for uh, extended amounts of time. And we had no idea it was because she had gone to a mental hospital. You know, she needed extra help. And when we were able to talk about it, it was like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you too. I went to that summer camp, you know, (laughs) like it was it was great to talk about. Uh, And it, it made me think. You know, why don't we 
talk about this more often. And there, it's because of the stigma, because it's negative, and, you know, I kind of felt like people would say, you know, once they, they knew, oh, that's why I left. I always knew he was crazy. I always knew something was wrong with him. Um, because people can be mean like that, but people can also be understanding and be, can be going through something that is similar to you. Um, so Chris, do you want to tell us about your, uh, your experience? Yes. Um, but first I'd like to comment a little bit about this experience. Um, and just me remembering, uh, up to that point before we even got there, how you were feeling very anxious about it and you weren't even sure if you wanted to disclose the information that you wanted, that you had about you dealing with borderline personality disorder and depression and your anxiety. I remember that you were very cautious. You were hesitant because you weren't sure how she was going to react. You felt a connection to her while you were working together, but at the same time, the stigma just kept you from being fully open and allowing yourself to be vulnerable to someone that you cared about. And I felt that anxiety there throughout the whole conversation. Well, through the, through the conversation up to that point when you decided to disclose that information, um, we were very friendly and it was very uh, cordial, I guess. And, you know, we were having a good time. And we had some sake and, you know, I, I got to eat her, uh, wasabi and ginger. So, you know, we were, so we were very close. We were having a good time and we were enjoying each other's company. But throughout the whole time, I felt your anxiety and you were still tense about that whole situation and mm -hmm. how you were wanting to share it, how to even bring it up. Because I know that, you know, hey, you know, I'm a little crazy. Isn't that sometimes the <laughs> the simplest thing? Or, you know, just disclosing something that's very personal to you that is a personal struggle that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, I think part of it is that as a society, we're taught that we should handle everything ourselves and that um, we, to a certain degree, can't show our vulnerabilities or can't let people know when we're down because that makes us weak. That means that we can't take care of ourselves, that we can't do things for ourselves and so on and so forth. Well, I, I just want to say, I think <laughs> I'm thinking about Avenue Q's song, everyone's a little bit racist. When you said everyone's a little, um, I, I'm thinking, you know, everyone's a little crazy and I don't really think about it as, you know, a craziness, but in a way, it's just being overly emotional and uh, not reacting in, in a healthy way. And I think, you know, everyone experiences uh, trauma or everyone experiences uh, mental illness in, in a different way. You know, so I, I guess everyone is a little crazy in their own way. You know, everyone has their, I, I think everyone has their own addictions too, which would be another video, but <laughs> we but, just show it differently. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I lost track of thoughts, but uh, so we were talking, I was mentioning how you were very, um, 
tense throughout the whole time leading up to that conversation because I know you that you weren't even sure if you wanted to tell her. Mm. You were scared of the reaction. You were scared if she was going to go and tell everybody at the workplace that, you know, oh. Yes, trust. Um, Do I trust her enough? Exactly. So, um, and I remember when you said it and as you were saying it, I kind of felt like that anxiety and that pressure was being kind of taken off your shoulders and you were like, just, yeah, this is what I've been dealing with. And then it was just kind of like a light bulb. She was like, oh yeah, me too. And it, and, and you were like, you know, you were a little surprised. I think you were cut off guard maybe mm. a little bit yeah. as to the struggles that she was facing and the personal struggles that she'd had from day to day, week to week. And, and how she was able to hide it so well, not only from you, who, you know, you deal with that on a personal level. So you, people would think that someone who deals with that would be able to better identify with others, but it's something that. It's supposed to be like gaydar, like I'm something like that. (laughs) I feel like, you know, some people think that if you, if you struggle with it, maybe you'll be able to identify it when other people are doing it, just so cues and mannerisms and things like that. It was, it was easier for me to tell you on our first date that I had. And I don't think I told you that I had borderline personality disorder. Did I tell you that? Or yes. that I did? Yeah. Um, so usually I, I, I learned that I need to disclose that <laughs> on a first date, tell them that I have a, a mental, uh, illness or, um, that I have borderline personality disorder because people need to make their decision if that's something that they want to deal with. I don't want to wait until, you know, the, I, I've had people and I told, Chris, this before I've had people that I've um, told them later on this is going on with me. And they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. My mom dealt with depression my entire life, and I don't want to deal with anyone like that. So I don't want to get down that, that road. So it was easier for me to tell pretty much a complete stranger that, but someone that I had a kind of history with. That was a little bit harder, and it was the the trust factor, because it was very personal, and I guess I could just hear people saying, yep, I knew he was crazy, I knew there was something wrong with him, you know, he reacted this way, Um, which I I don't think I ever did anything that was, I mean, I I worked in hospitality, so that's, and in customer service, so that's already highly stressful, um... So I'm sure there are some days where I did some irrational things, but I was always respectful to people. And I tried to control my feelings as much as I could, but that was always tough because, you know, tensions are running high when someone's yelling at you in the face. Um, but did you want to uh, talk about your your experience with uh, your friend? Yeah, it felt like we got off topic a little bit. <laughs> we went on a tangent. Love but... It. It's not off topic. That was my we fault. just went on the tangent. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, similar to this situation with Ajani's friend, um, I had a similar situation with my friend uh, as well. And, and actually, it's been a couple of friends. Um, I think also, it's been a little tough sharing with other people in my life 
about Ajani's experience because part of me I was feeling for that boundary where I don't want to overshare and I, I don't want to um, say something that maybe Ajani's not ready for some people to know. So I, I felt like that was hard for me to find those boundaries um, and know what to share at which appropriate time. And I have, I don't have, I mean, I guess I have friends, but I, I mean, I do have friends, but <laughs> I, I have a, a small group of close friends, like uh, many people. And we've hung out with them a couple of times and, and it's usually, it's, I think it's been a little bit of a max, uh, a mixed bag as to interactions overall. I feel like sometimes, uh, this was before you were taking your medicine. Mm -hmm. So anxiety levels got um, high and dealing with a very social environment and being surrounded by strangers, especially strangers in, in your life that have been part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been, it was rough, I felt like, in the beginning. But over time, <clears throat> but over time, I feel like it's, it's, it's helped and it's um, improved things. So anyways, um, I've mentioned slowly over time the relationship that I have with Ajani and his uh, mental conditions and trying to explain more more or less um, what he has to deal with so that they can understand him if certain situations arrive. So in the past, I've mentioned... Um, how you might feel in a certain given in a given situation how maybe you you may be anxious about being in an environment where it's too many people um uh maybe perceiving things that uh maybe people don't mean to when they do certain things or say certain things say for example if people are talking amongst the group um because this one particular group of friends we hang out with it's usually a couple of people around six to eight people and sometimes you get into little groups where you have little discussions and then you know you break up into smaller groups and i know that's something that maybe has um made you feel uncomfortable and that you feel left out you feel like people are ignoring you mm -hmm. so i've explained that situation where you know to them to people that don't have to think about this. They just kind of assume that everything's great. And Ajani is just wanting to be by himself or he's just not a talkative person. Um, and they don't really think about, uh, how maybe that little interaction that they're having with other people can affect negatively another person who's in that group. Um, so I've mentioned things like that. Um, I've mentioned, um, just trying to explain a little bit about the conditions of borderline personality disorder, how differentiate, how that's different from depression and how that's different from anxiety. Um, and in doing those discussions, those friends have opened up to me about their struggles with depression from time to time. And my, while they can't understand probably anxiety, the, the level of anxiety that you have to deal with or borderline personality disorder, 
they're at least able to understand depression and and I feel like they make an attempt to make that reach uh, to the other things that we've discussed. Uh, but I believe in particular, we wanted to discuss today about this one particular friend who I recently saw a couple of days ago. We hung out, we had dinner and um, we just talked and we hadn't seen each other since we got married. He showed up to our, he went to our wedding reception thing and that was back in May of this year. So it's mm-hmm. been from May till September is the last time we saw each other. Before May, it had been a couple of months before we had seen each other as well. Uh, you know, life gets busy and we have a lot of things that are going on. So it was difficult to get together. But, uh, so I, I met him and he was telling me about his, uh, his life, what's been going on with him, the changes in the future that are coming up. And I mentioned, uh, my life with Ogeny and, and I opened up to him about some of the struggles that we've had dealing with borderline, with depression and anxiety and how that's sort of had me in a way isolate myself as well from my friends because I didn't know how to tell my friends about, about your condition because I didn't want to overshare. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I didn't know if they were going to be understanding or they were just going to be like, well, those things doesn't exist. You know, <laughs> um, I know that there's some people that don't believe in mental illness or that they just feel like, um, just thinking positively, uh, will fix everything. So I opened up to him about the depression and in turn, he opened up to me about his struggles with depression and he's followed you on, on Twitter and, um, he'll see some of my posts on Facebook. He's not on Facebook anymore, but I still am. So every once in a while, uh, I'll share your blog posts and, and now your uh, podcasts and things. And he was like, Oh, I've read some things, uh, that, you know, he's posted on Twitter and on, on Facebook, but I didn't realize how serious it was. Um, and that made him feel comfortable in telling me about his depression, uh, and, and how long he's been dealing with it. And I had no idea. Uh, when we met, we've been on each other for about three years. We've never talked about it. Um, our, all our interactions have been, I would say positive as far as doing things. He's always seemed, you know, fairly, um, what's that word? Normal. Normal. <laughs> I don't like to so, use that word. No, not, no, not um, but just, just calm, uh, we've had, together. we've had good interactions. We've gone to events. We've done things together. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's, he smiles and he's, uh, he expresses. We talk about positive things and things like that, which is great. We talked about, uh, what we want in our future, career wise, uh, personal wise, things like that. Um, but, he didn't open up to me about his depression and I feel like it's partly because uh, the stigma that's associated with it as well. Um, and I, that kind of goes along with our uh, perception of ourselves and, and, and what we want to project to other people. Um, 
we, we want to project that we're successful, that we're doing good, that everything is fine because that's what we think other people are too. You know, when I say normal, we tend to think everyone else is doing pretty well. You know, um, everyone else has enough money maybe to survive. Everyone has enough food to survive. Everyone is, um, maybe they're not, um, they're not sick or, or, or dealing with any real hardships. And when we go home, we're like, well, damn, I have to deal with all this stuff. But the person next to me, they look like they have it together. So that's what we, uh, try to put off into the world. But I think I was able to connect with, with my friend because I could kind of see through her mask a little bit. And I think that maybe that's a little bit of the, the INFP, uh, the, the feelings and, and perception, the intuition that we have, um, intuitive, intuitiveness that we have. Um, when we're getting to know people, we're usually silent and trying to see if we can trust them, trying to see where their morals lie. And yeah, we're just, I just want to make that point that we're trying to put that out into the world that we are okay. But when we hear that other people are not okay, we can be like, you too? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a big part is uh, keeping up with the appearances almost. And like, uh, you I thought you were about to say Kardashians. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> That's scary. Um, and like you said, uh, projecting what we want people to know about us. So I, I think that a lot of people are still afraid to be vulnerable to their friends and loved ones because, um, I mean, partly it, it, it may be because we don't want them to worry about us. You know, it could be as simple as that, but, um, because just because you're struggling one day or another does not mean that you're not okay. Or this, um, this, it means that you are, less capable of taking care of yourself or that you are lesser than other people. Uh, I believe everybody goes through personal ups and downs. Um, some people just deal with it more because of their mental conditions. So, you know, it's like I explained to uh, my other friends when they, when I was talking about depression and, and one friend said in the past that, you know, when their partner was depressed, they didn't really understand them. And they were like, well, you know, you just need to shake it off or uh, go for walks or something. And my, and they were depressed for a couple of years uh, as they were dealing with their own personal struggles of coming out uh, as a transgender individual. So, um, I feel like uh, oftentimes there's a misunderstanding about um, depression, the levels of depression. Also, you know, some people would say, well, I was depressed too, but you just need to shake it off and, uh, and move on with your life. And uh, as I've explained to my mom is that the, there's a difference between depression when, say, for example, you lose a, lo you lose a loved one, perhaps. 
And of course, I feel like most people will go through a depressed state in their lives. There, everything's pretty uh, average, you would say, a normal life. And then you lose a very close individual to you or a loved one, you're going to be depressed because you, that person, that, that individual that you connected with on a, on a very deep level, it's gone from your life. You don't see them anymore. So you go through that, uh, grieving process, you de denial, depression, all of those steps. And then you come out on the other side and eventually you learn to, to smile again, to enjoy the sun. Uh, all these things that make you a full individual person. And there's a difference between that and, say, clinical depression, someone who deals with it from year to year, someone who can't just shake things off or think positively and make themselves feel better. And that's where medicine comes into the fray in helping those individuals deal with depression and other mental illnesses better. I think there's a difference between sadness and depression. Yeah. Right. I, I know there's a difference between sadness and depression. Yes. Sadness is something that, uh, let's say that you can work through it, maybe get over it. Um, depression lasts for a longer time and it's not just sadness. It's loss of energy. It's loss of motivation. It's loss of uh, doing the things that you love to do. And it's for an extended period of time. It's something that you would have to maybe get medicine or go to a doctor for. So if a loved one dies, that could be sadness. That could also be uh, depression. I guess it depends on how long it lasts. And how severe it is. If it well, I think of sadness. I think sadness. When I think of sadness, I think of maybe um, your favorite team losing their game. If you are like, if you are one of those super fans, um, I'm thinking about maybe uh, losing an object that maybe like a diary or something. Um, Things that make you feel bad, make you feel uh, sad, I don't know, uh, versus um, maybe temporary depression, a shorter period of time depression where I feel like it's something that has a higher impact on you, where I can see a love, losing a loved one to me as like losing, if I was to lose you or my mother yeah. or my sisters, I know that that's going to impact me to my core. Um, and I can only imagine what that will do to me. Um, and so I, I feel like that depression is different from sadness that we can experience from day to day. Maybe, uh, something that goes on at work. And then that depression is different from clinical depression, which is something that is long term that can take, that's something that people struggle with throughout their lives. And something that needs uh, medical attention to be able to help cope with those those feelings. So, what would happen if we were honest with each other about the way that we feel? If we were more honest with each other, 
not just telling our friends how we feel, but maybe uh, telling acquaintances how we feel. Um, telling them about maybe a mental disorder that we have. Telling them, you know, if we overhear them saying, you know, oh, I, I, th you're out of that ice cream flavor, I'm depressed. You know, maybe educating them that that's not really what depression is. Maybe just saying little things like that, because really people don't know. And you'll be surprised uh, what people do want to know. Um, people are very inquisitive, and we gather a lot of information from the things that are around us. So speaking up and telling other people exactly what is going on with you, what has gone on with people in your your life, in your circle, telling your your friends what's going on with you and not hiding it, even if they can't do anything about it. There are times where I tell Chris I'm depressed and there's nothing that he can do about it. It's just what my day is. I'm depressed, but by telling him I'm being honest and I'm not holding it in. Uh, what do you think would happen if we were, were more honest with how we, we felt? Well, I think that's part of the main topic about creating this video is that we, through our experiences of opening up to our close friends, um, and some family members for myself, um, we are able to better understand, um, how we individually function. And I think that it's not only beneficial to the people that you love that you're telling to, because they'll be able to better understand you. Um, they can also go online and do research about the conditions that you're suffering with. Um, so that maybe next time, uh, they are better prepared to handle certain situations. I feel like opening up to them, um, will help them do that. Also, I feel like that helps you, the person who's suffering from these conditions as well. You are, um, opening up yourself and it is, I, I can imagine it would be very hard because you're making yourself vulnerable. It's, it's something that's very close to you that you struggle with on a personal level every day. And then to share that with someone, uh, just like I experienced how you're with your anxiety and telling your friend about that and how they're going to react. And then you having questions about, are they going to tell somebody else? What are they going to say? Are they going to think I'm crazy or, are they going to believe me? Those are things I can understand would be very hard, but I feel like you are doing a disservice and not sharing that with especially your loved ones, your friends, your family, um, who you know they love you and they would possibly be able to do a better job of understanding you and helping you by letting them know what you're feeling, what you're going through. Because it's like I tell you, I can't read minds. You know, I'm not a mind reader. So Why not? <laughs> so, you know, when, when he's feeling upset, if I say something and it makes him upset, sometimes I can visually say, tell because he's very expressive. Um, but other times I can't. Or you do a very good job of hiding it. 
uh, and then it just you know, you festers in there and then it comes out at another point in time. I can internalize those those feelings, but I can't I can't hide how I feel, especially, you know, when it's on my face. If I'm mad, I'm gonna look well, mad. Sometimes you can hide how you feel, but not all the time. Well not for long. <laughs> and so, you know, if I do something that upsets upsets you uh, then I want to know because I would like to, if I need to apologize for it or correct it so that I would do it again. And that's similar to everybody else. You know, if, if you don't share what you're feeling inside, how, um, what somebody else does affects you in a positive or negative way, even, and then they're not going to know. They're going to keep repeating that because they don't know any better. And you're just letting, that affects you and keep all that all that hurt inside and that pushes you away from those individuals because you say well they don't really care about me mm-hmm. every time i see them or get together with it they do this and this and so i'm just not going to stop seeing them and then that pushes you away from those individuals that uh and most often you know people do genuinely care and 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 love you Especially your friends. Again, we all go. Th- we all have our acquaintances, you know, our school friends, our work friends, and things like that. But then we have a core group of friends, and really, we get to those core group of friends when we open up and and allow ourselves to be vulnerable to those people. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we open up and become vulnerable, and then those people just don't really care, and they just move on with their lives, and you know. That's that's gonna happen sometimes, but you just uh, you move on from that, right? And then other times, those people will surprise you and open up themselves to you. And I feel like most people are like that, you know. When you share and become vulnerable, I think there's a sense of res, res- what is it called reciprocity, uh, where <laughs> reciprocity. <laughs> <laughs> where they in turn, you know, tell you something uh, about themselves that's personal. And, and that's happened to me, like, you know, that's the whole point of this video is that when we've done that in our, recently, it, it had that same effect. Yeah. And it both of our friends awesome. opened up themselves to us, something that, you know, I don't know if it would have happened if we didn't say something. No, I don't think so. I don't think it would have happened unless I... I said something first, and that's how we need to start the conversation. We need to be brave enough to tell people what is going on with us. And, and sorry, I, I was going to say this <laughs> kind of reminds me of coming out of the closet type of thing. You know, I, I remember vividly the coming out of the closet. Every time I did it with a friend or a loved one, the anxiety, that was just there. I, I remember it. And I, I guess that's, that's a good way to think when I'm, when I'm, when you tell me about your anxiety. And that, I mean, I, and I never really thought about that with, uh, our other friends. Uh, I have a couple of friends who are gay, so they know that anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like opening up to people, allowing yourself to be vulnerable is not only great for yourself, but also great for the people you love because they're able to look at your life or at you as an individual through a different lens. Everybody sees 
the world through their own personal lens. And it's very hard to put yourself in the shoes of another until that other person tells you about their shoes and tells you how hard it can be to walk in those shoes. And that's the only real time when you can internalize and take what they're talking to you, what they're telling you, and make that effort to understand. And unfortunately, not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to be as understanding or maybe as open to to learn about what you're going through. But, you know, those people that love you will do that. Yes. And and that's sort of the same way that we talked about weeding out the, the good people in your lives, the, the weeding out the bad people in your life. And those, you know, the, what is that saying? Those, um, those who care about you, those who love you don't care, won't care. And those who don't, don't matter or hmm. whatever that phrase is. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this podcast. It's also on YouTube under INFPBPD. And that's underneath Twitter also. We're on Facebook. Um, and this is also going to be on uh, the Anchor podcast. Did I say podcast? This is, this is going to be a podcast. Um, so I really want to thank my husband, Chris, for being here uh, with me today. Uh, I hope hopefully I can have him back for more videos because he's really great, really knowledgeable, and he sees what I go through every day. Uh, so thank you guys so much, and you know, until next time. Yeah, uh, to you, all my good friends, Matt Love. If you love listening to the show, why not support our cause? We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you liked the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.